Welcome to Agora Sports Network, a community that connects and unites Olympians to positively impact amateur sports in the U.S. This podcast, hosted by me, Carrie Tullison, a member of the 2004 Summer Olympic team, is an engaging series where past and present Olympians share their experiences, challenges, and lessons learned. Today, I'm interviewing a fellow Olympian and fellow middle distance runner, Alicia Montano. Alicia is an American middle distance runner and a member of the 2012 Olympic team. She's a three-time global medalist. She's a six-time USATF outdoor national champion in the 800 meters. And in addition to her sports accomplishments, she's also a podcast host, an author, and a mom of three kids under the age of 10. In fact, she gained significant publicity for the 2014 race that she competed in while she was eight months pregnant. And also, she's the founder of Ann Mother. Welcome, Alicia. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. It has been a little while and I have been looking online and you have been running races now. You are obviously doing so much with Ann Mother and other causes that are raising awareness for girls and women and sports families. I mean, you're doing so many things also in a huge house renovation. So how are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, the renovation is a big thing. We're crossing the finish line of just my sanity. Everything else brings me lots of peace and joy. I'm not saying the reno doesn't in some regard, but now that it's closer to the finish line, I'm feeling a little bit more peace mm-hmm. and like joy seeing that finish. The The beginning parts are, it's, it was a little bit of um, more stress than I imagined I'd feel. I was living my let's see i was i was using all of the things i learned as a, an athlete pursuing a really hard thing <laughs> i do have to ask you so this was like my first week of not having the kids at home and mm-hmm. you have your kids are pretty similar to my kids in age a little bit younger but how nice is it that they're all back in school Oh, wow. (laughs) Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. These kids are so fun. They're so funny, but like 24 seven on your back in the summertime without consistent childcare is like a testament to like the human spirit, Yeah, (laughs) you know? So I am so relieved, literally just rolling into that week when school was starting, I have not felt so excited to have so many back-to-back emails about school in my entire life. (laughs) I do too. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. It's so so nice. It's so nice. Yeah. Well, let's get into what life was like before kids, Mm -hmm. you know, your Olympic journey, you have given us so much joy watching you race. Like, you know, people that haven't watched you, they need to go and watch online because you were so daring in your racing. And it's much like how you live your life. Like you, you led a lot of times. Sometimes you would sit and kick, but not very often. You usually took charge and that's what you do in life. So can you just give us a little bit of a background on how you got into sport and and your Olympic journey? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The background in getting into sport is really just like the the beginning of self for me. Like I've always been a mover, ask my mom. And, you know, so she's like, what can we put her in that is going to give her some space to move this body that does not stop moving? Uh Um, And, you know, I I think what many folks do know about me based on who have followed my career, you know, my grandma has been an integral part of our family. You know, she passed in 2012, just after getting to watch me race at uh, the Olympics, which is amazing. And it felt really great. It felt like a nice, you know, I don't know, full circle sort of moment for me. Mm -hmm. I'm like full life, amazing opportunity for just me to pay homage for her Mm -hmm. to her of what she's done with our family. So, you know, she had 10 kids 
my aunts um, and my cousins, you know, we all grew up very close together. I happened to be in like the beginning of all the kiddos being born in the family, the only girl that was there. And um, I grew up in like you did, Carrie, you know, and I want to be like Mike era. And I Mm -hmm. definitely did not want to be like Mike. Um, I just really saw from the very beginning of self, like I felt my 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 cousins and my brother always made me feel really um, important in sport. They made me feel like an equal. Um, and when I started to kind of branch out as I grew into my sporthood, I saw that there were so many barriers, just in even how like the boys thought of girls, and I never was thought of that way in sport. So, you know, I guess like my the inner fire in myself I always kind of set out to do my very best in every sport that I was asked to be in. And I always was kind of following the trajectory of sports that my brothers, my cousins were in. So, you know, if we were playing roller hockey, if we were playing street or, you know, flag football, um, if we were playing street ball or whatever the whole thing is, I always wanted to assert my myself in a way that I knew that I would respect myself, but also yeah. have other people respect me. Mm, I love that. I mean, I grew up in this small town. There was nothing else to do but play sports or be in music, which I loved. I did both. Yes. But I could totally see you doing that. I mean, I would play with all the guys too. And it was just what we did. But mm-hmm. I also wore lipstick. And yes. like you, you wore your flower in your hair or, you know, like I went to races wanting to think of it like I would go, like my mom went to work and she was a hairdresser. So she did her hair. She put her makeup on. And I just feel like you were proud of that, proud of being yes. a girl, even at the very beginning of you being this awesome soccer soccer girl and runner. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I, I love that, Carrie. We have that similarity. Like I, I have always felt that um, importance of, I guess, asserting my femininity with sport. I never felt like I, I don't really want to be one of the boys. I just want to be myself. And I think, you know, as I grew again, as a, as an, as a woman athlete into a woman athlete, um, I wanted to make sure that young girls that maybe feel like they have to be, you know, like anybody else besides themselves can fully, you know, accept who they are and be who they are. (laughs) I love it. Tell me where the, the actual flower came from. Okay, so the flower in my hair uh, started when we would play with neighborhood um, kids and, you know, oftentimes older boys would pop up in or whatever. They would be like, your sister can't play with us. She's going to get hurt. We're going to get in trouble, all these other things. And it would just create a fire in my belly to really just be like, well, I'm going to show them and I'm a girl. So I started to like, you know, assert a more outward facing you know, feminine vibe from them just seeing like, I can keep up with you guys. I'm actually going to end up tackling you, by the way, if you come over into this safety zone, you know, uh, you're not getting a touchdown. Um, And I just, I loved it. It was more just like, I'm proud of who I am Uh and you're going to have to accept that. And you're going to also get beat by a girl. (laughs) I love it. I mean, seriously, that is amazing. And wasn't your husband, your high school teammate, Yes, he was. He was junior high school, actually, to, to, to start off. When he moved to our hometown, he enrolled in all the sports. He also comes from a sports family. He enrolled yeah. in all of the sports programs, and one of them happened to be um, on the track team where my uncle was coaching the track team. So oh, from there, yes, exactly. So we've got very early memories of running around together 
you know, all the things that you do as a, as a youth athlete, you know, yeah. pummeling each other, deciding you're going to race each other to this tree. So we've got really early memories of that. Yeah, I just think you can see like the teamwork and just hearing stories about how you two grew up and things like that. It's pretty cool to see you two as parents. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's funny because I feel for my parents often now, (laughs) you know, there's all this like expectation pressure to kind of just know what you're doing when you first enter it. And the biggest thing that I want to do is what you said is I want to lead with love and I want us to always remember we're on a team. So like, that's the biggest thing of everything that we we do. It's not to say like, sometimes, you know, your, your teammate might drop the ball and feel like, oh, it's totally my fault that, you know, this didn't go as we were hoping it went, but there's always an opportunity for us to try again and for us to pick each other up as a team. Like all the lessons I've learned in sport throughout my, my life. Yeah. Um, I think that's my favorite part of being where I'm at right now in my life. It's really, I feel and I'm able to exercise a lot more gratitude. It doesn't mean that I don't also feel the very hard things and I can identify it though with yeah. my practice of trying to be mindful and trying to exercise gratitude when it feels heavy and it's really hard. I also want to acknowledge those feelings. Sometimes it's really, really hard. So hard. Mm-hmm. It really <laughs> you know? is. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Don Pablo Coffee. If you're interested in quality coffee, fresh to order, roasted in small batches in the timeless Latin American traditions of roasting, then Don Pablo Coffee is for you. Check them out at donpablocoffee.com and use the promo code AGORA at checkout for additional savings off your first order. Do you feel that sport has changed now for these youth families? Like I was in a lot of things and sounds like you are in a lot of things, but it is, it's kind of taking over. And I wonder as an elite athlete, world-class athlete, do you want to get your kids into everything or is it, I mean, it kind of just is happening. I feel like we can't really not put them in things. Two sides of your question. I feel like youth sports is changing. I have concerns like, you know, and I also have things traditionally that I really loved and I want to do. And then with that, I also want to model, um, my parenting style, which is also still allowing my kids to, you know, not do things they don't want to do. However, you got to finish what you start. Okay. You know, so Mm -hmm. like for instance, Aster, he does not like soccer and he's in it, enrolled in it this year. And he made it so clear. I don't want to play soccer. He didn't say that before when we were signing. I was like, Hey, we're signing everybody up now. And then, you know, when we're getting his cleats on, you can just kind of feel he's like, I do not want to play soccer. And I'm like, oh man, hey, Aster, you know, you never know who you're going to meet on your team. We did sign up for this. We went to orientation, Mm -hmm. you know, the seasons, you're probably going to find more things you're going to have fun with than you're dreading right now. Yeah. Um, And, you know, he was, he was kind of like mopey. And then his little brother, uh, Lennox, he is not actually on like a, they have practices now for this age, uh, for the Astros age, which is five and a half. He's going to be six in November. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's one practice a week and the game on the weekend. Lennox's age just has a game on the weekend. So I was like, would you like Lennox to go with you? And I was like, oh shoot, why did I say that? What if that's not allowed? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, but they already heard it years perked up. And so now I'm like, oh man, Alicia, are you like going to cause another problem when you get home? Anyways, long story short is folks who were probably, uh, you know, follow me on Instagram did see like it made my heart so happy that the coach was like, come on in. And Lennox actually 
you know, it sparked his joy for yeah. soccer. He's like, I love soccer. What is my soccer practice? So mm-hmm. it's interesting. And it also had Astor come home and say, Hey, you know, I was really excited that Lennox got to go with me. Um, I'm like, Ooh, that might not be sports the entire time, but uh-huh. thumbs up. We're going to make it through this season. Yeah. Um, go for it. You know, yeah. So I sign them up seasonally for different things. The way that I'm seeing youth sports is people are specializing and they kind of mm-hmm. keep on with one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ask me, you know, oh, you know, my daughter or my son, they're a great runner. And they're like eight years old, you know, what drills and stuff should they be doing now? And I'm like, what? You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, they should just be playing. You know, yeah. they should be, of course, fundamentals can come into play, but they're not going to be nailing any drills. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they still have neurons that are, you know, trying yeah. to attach themselves to each other, you know, so they're not funny. firing on all cylinders. Okay. Maybe they are. They're firing on way more cylinders than we are. So <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to have them all connect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the big point. I don't want, I don't want to specialize my kids and that's, I think where I'm seeing youth sports going. I do mm-hmm. want them to try different things. Mm-hmm. I want them to give them the opportunity to try like even things that I didn't do, you know, I'm like, oh, jujitsu. Okay, let me Google that. <laughs> it is so interesting that you said that. Every single Olympian that we've interviewed has always said, keep it fun or you have yeah. to have fun. And I I mean, that's how I was too, but it really is like a common thread. You have to keep yes. it fun. You have to keep it fun. I do have to ask you though, like you have these three children you were competing all the way up until you had your kids. Like, was that always the plan for you and Lou to like, you know, be still pretty, you know, heavily involved in the sport, being competitive and, or was there a little surprise? What, what was the plan like? Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I don't know how many folks listening, like felt that parenthood, you know, be it motherhood, fatherhood really has had way more barriers than you you saw until you do it yeah you know so for me when when Lou and I got married like I really wasn't thinking even when I signed my contract like I wasn't thinking I need to see words like you know pregnancy postpartum Mm -hmm. you know maternity leave I I just didn't think through those things I didn't I, I just it wasn't on my radar like that and so when Lou and I you know were you know, planning on getting married, getting married, of course, those conversations came into play. And I did start thinking like, oh, okay, how, how would that work? I mean, of course, it's got to be fine, right? You know, yeah. really, I, I, I did walk with some naivety to being a whole person that was kind of good in some regards, right? Because I just was able to do my thing. and I didn't feel so stressed to walk into that conversation. But when I did have that first conversation, I felt the butterflies and I'm like, why are you feeling that? Because I started to already hear the table talk conversations from other athletes that had gone through it. But I, now my ears were more perked to it because I had been thinking about it yeah. before. I'm sure people were talking about it and I'd just been like, oh, hey, you know, I love your little baby, you know, whatever, moving on not seeing like the behind the scenes and perhaps what they'd gone through, like even connecting with, um, you know, folks that I'll let them tell their own stories that are mm-hmm. incredible athletes have, you know, had gold and silver medals, American records, you know, twins at taboo. Mm-hmm. And to know after the fact that, you know, they'd been suspended from their contract or reduced, like is crazy to me, yeah. you know? Um, and, you know, other folks who have shared their stories like Kara Goucher, mm-hmm. you know, just, just not knowing the fullness of those stories, I think, 
you know, was kind of crazy until I started walking into it. So as we approached um, uh, our journey into parenthood, my journey into motherhood, I started to look at those contracts and be like, oh, okay, what do I do about this? So when I asked the questions with the butterflies in my stomach, I asked it hypothetically because mm. I didn't know. And I was worried that now they're going to see. And I already started to experience things that were kind of knocked the wind out of a young athlete's sails sure. from the business side of how the sport was going. The sports yeah. industry was treating people and women specifically, um, but just people, just people all together. Like it, it just wasn't great. Um, and, you know, you worry about injury and you're like, wow, this should be um, a, a industry that cares for the wholeness of people because you do put so much on the line in support of company and marketing for them. And then also you put so much on your body and on your mind and on your personal life. That is interesting. Interesting isn't the word. It's, it's um, unfortunate that uh, the setup from the athlete side just leads to a lot of heartache and depression because folks are ultimately asked to not be whole. Yeah. And so, you know, when I moved into another partnership, I was able to lay out how I wanted this partnership to really look. I'm hopeful that this partnership could really support women in many facets of their life. I still felt choked up to use the word pregnancy mm -hmm. postpartum because mm -hmm. I saw the target on the head and I needed this contract to go through now that I was moving on from another one. Um, and then in my, the back of my mind, it kind of just set up like, wow, what are we going to do different? Nobody even has to talk about what they want to do in their motherhood or parenting journey. They might want to talk about it with their coaches and their like PT, yeah. but this could, this should be able to just be the norm. Um, I did in the back of my mind know I need to be able to be fit enough to have a starting point to make it to the next season. Okay. You know, but there was a woman in leadership at ASICS when I became pregnant and she made me feel relief. She's like, I hope you don't feel that you have to do X, Y, and Z. And I actually got to walk through my pregnancy, just moving for me, not feeling like, you know, I was training. I did, you know, want company and camaraderie. So after I went through the first trimester and my, with my first pregnancy, I, you know, suddenly was this pregnant lady out on the track, you know, with these That's college so kids coming in and out of reps, you know, it wasn't the same as what people might've seen, you know, if yeah. it was like 12 by 400, I would do one 400 and take the next one off and then do the next right. 400 and take the, you know? So yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting how I approached it. It was very organic. I think that walking into this with some naivety gave me um, the opportunity to approach my postpartum the way that I needed to, to have, mm. to have the accomplishments that I was able to have mm -hmm. um in that first year after having my daughter at the same time there's behind the scenes sort of conversations that people don't even know i had which were ones that were like immediately threatening me to get back into shape when that's not the conversation that i had with you know leadership that was there she happened to leave new people came yeah. in and they were like and i was like this was the plan the whole time and now i feel stressed but i'm gonna make sure that i take care of my body i you know move slow, slow as I possibly can, you know, um, and that's why I was surprised at first year postpartum, because I, I was just like, don't let them pressure you into hurting yourself, because it's mm -hmm. going to be pointless. Um, if you do all this stuff, and then you actually can't compete. I wonder now, like looking at Linnea, and it's kind of ironic that you had a girl, like just all of the the steps that you've taken to help 
all of the the young women, not only in our sport and other sports. Um, I think that she's going to be awfully proud and so excited. Talk a little bit about Ann Mother. Now it's like mm-hmm. blown up into this awesome mm-hmm. organization. Where Ann Mother came into play is we wanted for the, the thing that I talk about the most, the evolution of self and wholeness to be a part of the conversation. We also wanted a narrative shift to be a part of the conversation on how we see mothering. You know, when we thought of and mother, it was really like, you can be a dreamer, you know, you can be a risk taker, you can be an athlete, you could be an author and mother. Like it exists within the, the identity of yourself. It isn't like, you know, one or the other. So the person who you know, has these passions and these joys and this excitement for other areas of their life can also include this within motherhood. And what we want to do at Unmother and what we are doing at Unmother is we are focused on breaking down the barriers that limit a woman's choice to pursue and thrive in both their motherhood and their career. Oftentimes it's like, leave your motherhood behind. You're like, I have whole people that are like relying on me to live. Like I can't just leave it behind and I don't want to, this is what I'm doing. And also this career really fuels me and gives me, you know, um, joy as well. And I don't need to choose one or the other or asking for a support, like within infrastructure and systems to, um, support people wholly. That's like not a lot to ask, (laughs) uh, allow your employees or whatever, you know, it may be an opportunity to be happy and you're going to see an entire happy like ecosystem that, Mm -hmm. you know, is cyclical and, you know, feeds off of each other. It's going to be a symbiotic relationship. It is so cool to see, you know, now last year we were at the New York city marathon and they have the feeding stations that were, that was your idea. And like now at like at our nationals, there are, there's, Childcare, if they they want it or can be provided, mm-hmm. like all these, what seems like little things are huge, mm-hmm. and you're that's because of you. Thank you, and that's the thing. You know, one of I, I made this note. My coach would always say, "Take care of the little things, and the big things will take care of themselves." Mm-hmm. And so, when we talk about making an impact, we're like, "What are the little things that are going to make a really big impact?" Those yeah. are the things that we want to be able to show is really easy things that you can tackle as we work on the bigger things. Oh, so good. Okay. Mom to mom. (laughs) What advice would you give to all those youth high school, college sport moms out there or parents out there as, as an athlete, like you are at your level and now as a mom, what's that advice? Mm, Gosh. Um, you're, don't forget that your children know what joy feels like. Mm just the way that you do, they know what joy feels like and give them an opportunity to feel that in sport. You want them to succeed. You want them to be able to listen, be a good teammate. But at the same time, the way that you approach it is like, I I think leading from a space of joy, you can still be competitive and joyful. And that's something I also want for our, our youth to know specifically girls. I think a lot of time girls are unconditioned to be competitive. And I think the two can exist. I do too. I do too. Um, I guess last thing, what is next? Like where, where is Ann mother going? What is Alicia Montano doing? What's next? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. What is it next? I'd love bringing the community together and giving more opportunities to, um, for people to have access towards movement. So, you know, that being creating my own events that also, you know, bring 
um, and mother to the forefront of, you know, having childcare and lactation accommodations to the community. But from the and mother uh, front, we are heavily working on our event standardization project, which is, you know, really just all about demonstrating infrastructural change needed to support families. I'm really excited about that. And our team is going to be heading to New York City for the marathon again this year. We'll we'll continue to push the boundaries and break barriers of what's needed to fully support families. So hopefully, you know, we we have lactation accommodations. We have pregnancy deferral that doesn't quite hit all the marks that we suggested that it hits. We need for it to also have their fees waived for the next time that they, um, from the pregnancy deferral. So Mm -hmm. right now, as it's written, it's it allows you to defer your New York City Marathon entry, but it is still putting another fee on the on the mom, which is not what we're looking for. So we're going to continue that work moving forward. And I'm still hopeful that we'll be able to get childcare at some of these major races for these these athletes that are or childcare stipends. Yeah. These athletes that are competing and and may not have an opportunity to um, you know support their running career mm-hmm. and their families to get to the start and the finish line. That's really cool. I love it. Thank you for everything you're doing. Thanks for joining us today on Agora Sports Network, a community that connects and unites Olympians to positively impact amateur sports in the U.S. Visit us online at agorasportsnetwork.com. Subscribe to our email list to be the first to know about Agora News and to get exclusive content.